Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Father Michael tried to uh, discreetly <laughs> press the record Did button. Did you hear the click? Yeah, I heard the click. Like... Maybe I was clicking on... Like a bat. A Facebook post. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. A J10 initiative. This is Father Nathan Goble and Father Michael O'Loughlin for our last edition of Fireside Chats. Welcome. We're on the wrong floor for that. I know. We are in the basement of... Gun room Schloss. chats. We are drinking podcast tequila, yep. which I think is a first. Yeah. We gave the shout out to the family uh, beforehand, but uh, thank you again. That is an enormous bottle uh, of Patron. <laughs> And we are drinking uh, Cointreau uh, margaritas, and so we are high class today for uh, one of the final live um, household editions yeah. of uh, Catholic stuff. It's amazing how many people listen yeah. and have said to me, I'm sorry that Father Michael's moving out of your house. They never oh. said anything to me whenever they knew that you were in my house, <laughs> but now that you're gone, they're all just like, oh, we're so sorry about that. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, that. it's tough. I'm moving out of a uh, one house with three and a half guys living in it and into two houses with just me living in them. Them? <laughs> them. Houses. Is there really two houses? Yes. So I'm moving into the original cathedral for our eparchy. So there's a house rectory with an office and a chancery building. And now they have both been turned into rectories uh, over the past, what, 12, 15 years since the diocese moved its headquarters to Phoenix. Um, which is really confusing because we used to be the eparchy of Van Nuys, and then Van Nuys moved, and Sherman Oaks cut it in half, and so now the cathedral's in Sherman Oaks, but the diocese moved to Phoenix, eparchy. So can I ask a question? Yes, please. Why do they call it a proto-cathedral? So when the cathedral moved Did from... Did you guys do this last time? I don't think so. I don't, remember. I don't remember these things. Proto-cathedral. Proto-cathedral. So when, when the cathedral moved from the building I'm becoming pastor of to Phoenix the because of the earthquake in the early 90s, I believe. Oh, okay. So the bishop moved it to, to Phoenix. He didn't want to deal with earthquakes anymore. And so the the parish in Phoenix became the cathedral. And I think for a while, I hope I'm getting my history correct, they were called co-cathedrals. So you had both places, and then when we switched the name to Eparchy of Phoenix, then the church in Phoenix became the only cathedral, and so they called this from the co-cathedral to the proto-cathedral, because it was the first cathedral of the Eparchy before it moved. So if I'm understanding correctly, proto is from the Greek, right? Yes. Proton. First or before. Proto-martyr. Okay. Yes. But then you call it a cathedral, yeah. which is Latin. Do you have any places called a Basileion? The um, Kingdom Hall? No. Not the Jehovah's Witnesses, but the Hall of the King. You are right. Um, I am correct. So I've always even heard the Orthodox call them cathedrals. Wow. I know. Wow. But that's just obviously in English. I think it's, I think it's just to signify that the cathedra is there and there's sort of authority yeah, there. Right. But they should come up with a different name. If the Orthodox are going to be so cool and totally break off, they should have to name now, it something different. Now, now, they do call like, I've heard, now, now. I've heard like the chancery office is called the metropolis in, at the Greek Orthodox. So 
We yeah, came up with that first with uh, Superman. I was so. <laughs> the Orthodox are always copying their DC, exactly. Marvel. What's Superman? Super. I. I Sorry. Well, let's just t- be. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yes. Superman is one of the lamest of the. Whoa. One of the lamest. Really. The, they haven't had any good movies. I. By the way, so we posted on Facebook what time? What time is a nightcap? Oh yes. My alarm just popped up for nightcap. Really. At nine o'clock, I, ha- I have on my schedule every Thursday night at nine o'clock. Nice. Yeah, so anyway. the reason why we had this conversation, we'll we'll bracket Superman for a second. The reason why we had this conversation is because Father Michael and I were supposed to have a nightcap. Yes. And I said, <laughs> "What time would you normally have a nightcap?" Okay. And your answer was ten, ten or eleven. Yeah, right. That's before what you said. Bed. Ten or eleven. Okay. okay? Uh, I'm hitting REM cycle two. <laughs> by 11 and something. Um, so I am not interested in having a nightcap at 11 o'clock. So I know that Father Michael's a night owl. Yes. And I have to put my mud mask on at around 9.45. I don't mind drinking with you with your mud mask on. I just, I don't know. I just, I just want to be presentable, you know? Okay. Plus, I can't see you with the cucumbers <laughs> over my eyes. You don't need to see me. We just um, need to so drink and talk. The, um... Anyways, so he said, we're going to do a nightcap. Great. So at 9 o'clock, I'm ready for a nightcap, right? 9 o'clock, get everything, you know, sort of toned down. You know, it's just kind of, you know, some soft jazz music. Soft jazz, you know, a little Kenny G taking us down. And, uh, you know, slip into my negligee. No, I'm just kidding. Um, sorry, we're gonna have to. <laughs> so, so then he nine o'clock rolls by, nine fifteen rolls by, nine forty five rolls by. It's actually really helpful because I hadn't prayed, I hadn't prayed daytime prayer yet, okay. uh-huh. I hadn't prayed evening prayer yet, I hadn't prayed office of readings yet, I hadn't prayed night prayer yet. So I just you know <laughs> pray in office, wait like fifteen minutes. Pray in office. Do this multiple times until it finally it's ten fifteen, and I'm like it's past. The time for uh, past the time for a nightcap. Yeah. So I said I'm going to bed, and I texted Olo and I said nightcapped. I'll see you in the morning, and it wasn't you know, whatever. And I arrived back in the morning. He arrived back in the morning. He was very busy. It was ridiculous. He is in the the tour of oh. final events. Yeah. And everybody wants you know one last gasp of wisdom from him. So fine. Um, but I just said, what time would you normally have a nightcap? And he said, uh, 10 or 11. And I said, I'd say 8.30, 9.30. So we asked Facebook, and it was pretty split between what you and I said. Not really pretty split. Mostly in my favor. I'd have to do the, I didn't do the count, because some people just said, like, right before bed. Some people were just being very pastoral and not wanting to take sides one person actually said what is a nightcap <laughs> and i'm like uh who is this protestant who's riding on our do you even listen to our podcast even listen ridiculous yeah ridiculous so cheers happy happy nightcap yes. at 8:33 p.m cheers i asked him when i made him this drink did you eat dinner yeah and your response was i had cereal i had cereal <laughs> like whatever so I brought a treat. We have two treats. Um, you want to tell them about the first one? Carolina Nut Company Dill Pickle Peanuts. Dill Pickle Peanuts. I am not going to chew these on the air, I Folks, promise. I was in Whole Foods the other day, 
and I found a mix called Dill Pickle Ranch. Oh. They're amazing. And then I was at a produce store today, and I saw these pick or these uh, uh, peanuts from where is it? Carolina the Company. Carolina Nut Company. Carolina Nut Company. Dill pickle. Henderson, North Carolina. Oh, so good. But this is the other treat that I have because he has a sweet tooth. He has not shown it to me okay. yet. I was wondering if you have you tried the newer flavors of of uh, M M&M? and I've had peanut butter. Okay, that's, that's not a newer flavor. Sorry. It's been out since like 2000. Okay, that's all I know. One. I have not tried anything else. Have you had the hazelnut spread? Uh, Nutella. The Nutella M&M's? Yeah. Oh, no. I've had actual Nutella. Yeah. I've never had the M&M's. They made a hazelnut spread M&M. Okay. It's garbage. Oh. It, the texture's off. Oh. Like the, there's an aftertaste. It, it feels like you just like licked a... Uh, Thing of bird poop, and then put an M M&M and M in your mouth, <laughs> like just kind of that chalkiness. Bird poop M M&M and M flavored. Yeah, bad. It's a new thing. Bad people. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what was some of the other ones? They had a they had a coffee nut. Oh, that had a coffee good. nut. I mean, uh, whatever. They had a fiery one, like sort of spicy. Interesting. Awkward. Okay. Uh, but this one that I that I purchased in Missoula, Montana, okay, is quickly becoming one of my new favorite. M&M's. Ready? Mm, green packaging. Green packaging. Mint. Oh, crunchy mint. Crunchy mint. Crunchy mint. He's going to get his first taste on air, folks. Okay? I never thought that chocolate and mint would go together, but of course, Girl Scout cookies, the mints True. are amazing. Well, uh, just so you know, for years, my Aunt Anna would purchase mint M&M's around Christmas, yeah. and I just thought that she found them. And they were like secret. I didn't okay. know that they were a special kind. I was ah. like, why do I like these so much? Hmm. But those are crunchy men. All right, no, no chewing on the microphone. That's fine. You can shout out right now into the microphone, what's your favorite M&M? I mean, depending on what you're doing. Peanut butter. Peanut butter is very good, and I would say top on my in my book, for sure. But... That is strong mint. Strong mint. It is. I like it. And there's some tastiness in there. So what is the... Yeah, oh, I'm not going to chew this on air. Are they... <laughs> oh, shoot. Are they like uh, Rice Krispies style making it crispy or what? I'll bite it in half. There's some crispiness in there. It's so good. It's like... It's not... It's, yeah, brown crispy. No offense, Andrea Polito. While I was talking to you in Missoula Airport, I was actually savoring these M&M's. <laughs> And I was listening to you, but I was also enjoying my M&M's. <laughs> have you ever done that where you're trying to have a phone conversation and eat something without the person on the other end knowing? So you just kind of let it dissolve in your mouth? Is that what you were kind doing? Kind of. Is that what you are doing with Andrea? I'm going to put one of these under my tongue and then keep on talking. All right. Just don't choke on it. Well, do, you All right. the, do you know the Heimlich in case I do? I know how to give <laughs> myself the Heimlich. Okay. And I think I could force you to get it out of your mouth by the same principle. <laughs> okay. You just shove them over a chair. All right. Two two fingers right for a baby. Two fingers. Two fingers. Right. Full actually, on to both arms, both fists for an adult. We're actually going to talk about babies today. Oh, we're getting to the topic. All right. We promised this episode a long time ago, and I want to do it with you instead of Father John. Oh, no. Because... Is it children in church? Yes. Holy cow. Because... We're going there. Father John hasn't had children at Mass in right. 
four years. Oh, wow. And before then, he was at Queen of Peace, and they had a bunch of old people. Yep. And before then, he was at Boulder, and there was, like, college kids and maybe a few families. Don't choke. I'm not. I'm trying to move away from the mic, though. (laughs) You're worried about this. So children at Mass. Wow. You wanted to survey a bunch of people, but I think it's important for us just to give feedback to parents as pastors, not as, what do we think people need to hear? Yes, that's... This is the reason why this conversation's coming up. Ready? Yes. Today, on, uh, whatever, August 22nd, the Feast of Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, I threw away our diaper trash can, which has been used probably for the last 10 to 15 years. Okay. The secretion of oils in this this garbage can was enough to make one of my staff members gag from 10 feet away. All I had to do was just lightly crack the lid. And she was like, what is that? Oh, why would you make me come all the way over here? And I'm like, that was actually kind of rude, but it was worth it because it proved my point. Okay. So we have this... Diaper pail, right? Diaper trash can, and we have a lot of families who use our diaper area. And uh, eventually, there became more diapers in there than should have been. And I think they were left in there for longer than they should have been. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I was walking down the hallway, probably thirty to forty yards away, and saying to myself, "What is that smell?" And I knew. I knew it had to be them. Hmm. So then somebody told me about it. I went over there, verified it, gagged, and then I went and got um, a diaper receptacle. And I called a mother, shout out Amy Mintz, and uh, I said, Amy, which diaper you know receptacle should I get? And mm-hmm. she said, quote, the one with the foot pedal. Okay. I said, that's a good idea. Yeah. So now we have a diaper genie. Nice. And I'm really looking forward to seeing if the Diaper Genie makes a difference. One thing about Diaper Genie, so we had this issue in my parish as well. We have a Diaper Genie as well. And somehow it seems pretty intuitive, but somebody ended up putting a dirty diaper in the wrong part of it. Like I think instead of using their foot, they lifted up the very top. And so this diaper kind of got stuck to the top rather than going all the way in. And so they would empty it two times a week like we do, but... A diaper stayed up there and what? yeah, made the entire tiny church we have smell for like oh. a week and a half. All right. But it was just because it was used wrong. All right. I guess they're usually pretty good. So we're talking about kids at mass. Yeah. And I personally want to make diaper changing tables great again. Mm. And I am out to get our moms group, our Magnificat moms, to participate in the task of making our diaper changing table great again. So I went out and got the diaper genie, yeah. and we're going to have Desitin and Eucerin and whatever else, Tom's monkey butter, monkey butt anti-itch cream, okay. whatever, in this little cubby, and everybody's going to know, you know, I have all the things that St. Joan of Arc has, they got a great diaper changing table. You're going to have people driving here just to change their baby's diaper. I would, because we're going to have free diapers, free baby nice. wipes. Lavender scented. Okay. Sensitive. <laughs> Superman diapers? The ladies are picking out the diapers. Okay. We're going to separate them. It's going to be great. we got to talk about kids at mass. Okay. 
What do you think about diapers at Mass? You got a changing table somewhere? Yeah. We are, we're a sexist. We have the changing table only in the women's bathroom. Wow. Because the men's won't fit it. It's just small. Yeah. But yeah, we have a changing table and what? I thought you were going to say something else and I had an answer. You have a great playroom, too. Yeah, we, we turned our storage cabinet into a playroom. We just threw a bunch of stuff away and made a playroom for the kids. And then we pretty much, I was afraid that the kids are going to want to play in there all during the liturgy. So we... Uh, put a sign up saying please don't let your kids play down here during the liturgy or they won't want to go back up so good point it's you got to be careful with that because we're going to talk about that okay so kids at mass yes are you in favor of it absolutely sure i would agree do you think it's easier to have kids at a roman liturgy or byzantine liturgy byzantine liturgy definitely agree (laughs) a lot more going on no silence ever no silence so there's no silence to be broken up by the kiddos. When do you take up your collection? Right after the homily. Is there silence then? No. Give us money. Give <laughs> us money. Give us money. Actually, a funny thing that ties into this is that... 20s and more. One of the things that helps... Well, we used to think... When we took the pews out, so we don't have any pews anymore. People stand or sit on the floor. Or we have pews along the walls for those who need it. Kids sit on those pews, don't they? Some kids do, but they'll get kicked out if there's an adult that needs it instead. So the kids sit on the floor. But we used that we thought that was one of the biggest issues was parents not being able to use the pew to corral their kid. Because I think that's what parents do. They'll kind of like, you know, one stand on one end, one stand on the other end, and the kids just go between. Obviously, with no pews, the kids have a much wider range of motion, and it feels like a big dance floor to them. So they use it. To liturgical dance, right? The whole liturgy. Um, so the kids Did are doing do that this. literally. Uh, yeah, I mean, some kids are just dancing. They're singing. They're singing the liturgy, but they're just kind of wandering and dancing. And um, it's nice when you have a small congregation because everybody knows each other. And so, if a kid beelines for the back door, someone's going to grab them, you know. But um, when we had uh, now that we don't have any pews, with the procession we have two processions during the liturgy in the Byzantine church. Um, the procession goes around, and so the second procession is after the homily. Yep. So. The, they take up the collection right after the homily, and then after that, it's hilarious because after the collection is taken up, our usher actually follows behind the procession. I found this out because I didn't see him because he's behind me. He follows the procession in order to get up because we put the uh, the collected money in front of the icon of Christ as sure. an offering to the church. So, um, But it's, I, I thought that's cool. He's using the procession to kind of break the crowd apart and bring up the collection. But yeah, I mean, we, I, I've actually found, I think parents would say this, kids are not worse behaved when there's no pews to corral them. Sure. Which is amazing to me, but it's true. I think it's hard because obviously in a Roman liturgy, we have pews. Uh, We don't, we're not accustomed to allowing people just to move freely during the liturgy. Um, But for us, this is one of the points that I think is important is kids need to see. They need to experience. They need sensory kind of input. So it's actually better, and this is counterintuitive, but it's better for you to sit closer Hmm. in the Roman liturgy than further back. A lot of people want to be completely as far back as possible so that if anything happens, they can get discreetly out. Right. But they can't see anything. Right. Where do kids want to sit at a baseball game? They want to sit close. Yeah. They can't see all the way up there. And if you're up in the, you know, like the mega rafters or something like that, they have binoculars or whatever else, but they're like, oh, I want a drink. Can I go to the bathroom? Whatever. Like, you tell kids, 
there's an opportunity for you to get a foul ball. I mean, they are like yeah. watching every pitch. Yeah. And I think it's similar with mass. You have to identify certain things. When does the priest put his hands over the 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 sacred uh, offering yeah. as a you know like a dove? Yeah. When does he do that? Point that out. <clears throat> How? What is the priest wearing? Why is the priest wearing sandals? Yeah. Etc. <laughs> but my sister taught me that. Hmm. My sister sits up front with her kids, mm-hmm. and it's a punishment for them to go to the back, as opposed to a gift. Right. So she makes it so that they sit up front and they're watching. They have their mass books. They're keeping an eye out. Yep. And if they can't do that, then they have to leave. Yeah. And that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sister-in-law, I think I've shared this before, but in her brilliance, she took, uh, did, made books so that when, like when the kids are really little, she made picture books of various things around the church. And so they would just look for them during the liturgy. And I mean, this, this could take quite a while. So during the liturgy, they're listening. Of course, they're kind of memorizing as kids do the words of the liturgy right. and the motions. But they're also saying, hey, can you find a hand holding a candle in an icon? Hmm. Can you find an angel in an icon? And then she'll take pictures of these things nice. and put them in the book. So they'll look almost like a Where's Waldo thing around the church. No, it's like, it's like Byzantine eye spy. Exactly, Byzantine eye spy. And you use the church itself because when the kids are young, they're very, of course, very Why visual. Why didn't you just do this to fund your new church? I know. You could have literally made a children's book called Byzantine Ice Spy. Yeah. We're calling dibs on this, people. The, yeah, amen. Yeah, no, no, no copying. But the problem is that every church has slightly different icons. So you'd need to do one like per parish. Doesn't matter. So that you, you, but if you have it and you can make like a template and then people just stick in the icons that are in their church, then the kids say, I'm looking for a hand that's blessing. I'm looking for someone wearing blue underneath and red on top. I'm looking for a halo with letters in it. You know, all these things that little kids can do. And then when the kids get older, then the book changes to listen for these parts of the liturgy. Yeah. Look, listen for these words. L- l- watch for the priest to do this. And then they grow up kind of understanding the temple that they're in and they understand the, the course of the liturgy without really knowing it. And then they will, then they'll obviously, when they get old enough to understand why the order of things is the way it is, then they're paying even more attention. They understand the Basileion. The they understand yeah. the kingdom, <laughs> Amen. the hall of the king. Yeah, that's it. You got to point out different things for them. Yeah. If it's just about keeping quiet, right. that's not helpful. Kids don't know how to do that. Kids don't want to do that. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I wanted to play with my Stegosaurus nice. and my fighter jet. Yep. I had a F-16 with stars on it and a green stegosaurus, and they would battle it out in the middle of mass. So your, your parents let you have hard toys that would bang on the pews? I didn't bang it. Okay. I learned quickly if okay. you bang it on the pew, it's not going to go well. <laughs> gets taken so you got to play under the, the pew with the kneeler. Okay. So then the fighter jet would do like a spin around the, <laughs> the, um, the kneeler, and then he would try to get at the stegosaurus, but he mm. would just smack him with his tail. Freaking lame. See, I don't remember Stupid having fighter toys. Jet. <laughs> Flew too low. Flew um, too low. <laughs> I don't remember having toys, but I do remember making like pictures with Cheerios. So we had Cheerios, and you could arrange them on the pew or arrange them on a oh, kneeler well. to make pictures. And of course, the Cheerios are just little round things. So you could make little pictures and then eat them slowly. When did Top Gun come out? Good question. Hang on. When did Top Gun come out? 1986. So I was three years old. And I did. I've never seen Top Gun, but that must have been reason why uh, okay. fighter jets was super popular. Yeah. I had a stealth bomber and an F sixteen, whatever. Yeah. But at some point, 
once you know, like you turn like fifteen or sixteen or something, you can't play with fighter jets anymore. You've got to start paying attention at mass. Yeah, and it's really helpful if your parents kind of point out different things. Yeah, like I still remember on the day of my first communion, my dad said, "Remember that you're going to say the words, Lord, I am not worthy." Hmm. And remember that it's always it's always a position for us as like God is coming to us and we are unworthy, but he makes us worthy. Yeah. And I mean, that was my lesson for First Communion. Hmm. And I've tried to, I've thought about that ever since then. Wow. And so these little moments are actually spectacular in that you don't have to explain everything. Right. He didn't have to tell me that is transubstantiated matter that has now become a new reality in you know, whatever. Right. He just said... We should have reverence, yeah. you know? Yeah. So kids at Mass, you got to sit close. You got to point out different things. They can't be sensory deprived, right. right? Now, here's the question. How do you discipline them? Waterboard. That's the <laughs> answer. Every parent's thinking it right now. Uh, I think my, my mom, when she... It was always, I remember we'd take it out of church and we got a SWAT in the back. We'd we, we, we go out of church, we'd, get, we'd stay outside, we'd get a SWAT, Whoa. go back in. That, that was like the discipline when we were little. When we got older, my mom definitely personalized it. And I thought this was the brilliance of it. In other words, if... She called her hand like Mr. Swatter? Yeah. <laughs> no, she would, she would say things like, when we got older, now this isn't only for church, but my brother Sean, she'd take away money because that's what would affect him, like the money he would spend on things. And for me, she'd take away time with friends. And she just knew oh. us well enough to say... Wow, she knew you guys well. She did. She's like, Michael, you're grounded for a week. You can't see your friends. Sean, give me 10 bucks. And know. she made your sister wear makeup. Yeah. <laughs> no, my sister never did anything wrong. I, I swear, for, Still. for 18... She hasn't done... Still. She's, 30-whatever years old, and right. I've never done anything wrong. Pure of heart. Um, but that's because she watched us older kids get in trouble. True. Um, but I, I, I mean, there's two methodologies, right? There's one of punishment. There's one of reward. Do, do you either say, if you, you know, if you don't behave in church, you're going to lose this, or you're, you're going to lose the donut. Yeah, you're going to lose the donut. Or do you say, if you're good in church, we'll stop with good ice cream on the way home. Obviously, yeah. at some point, it's all about Jesus, and that's just the wisdom sure. of the parents to make it all about Jesus. But in the meantime... You know, what do you do? So th- this is actually a major thing in my mind, and I was going to ask a parent. This is, and, and parents, let me know. I don't think most kids ever have, like, quiet, except at church. What, when else do kids, other than, like, when they're going to bed and the parents aren't in the room, my, my big thing is that when we were little, and we were amazingly well-behaved yeah. in church, we still, be, we still mess around every once in a while, of course, and we nudge each other and we get poked. My mom would actually do this little pinch thing in church. That was a punishment, too. I was like, it didn't look that bad, but she'd reach over, and it looks like she's just like jabbing us on the side, but she'd like get two pieces of skin really close, and oh, you know, we'd sit up real quick. That's when we were older, of course. Um, and so we'd like, like you know, shoot up. We, we, didn't know, we didn't know that she saw us messing around with whatever we were doing, but, but my, we always had quiet time. Like every single day, for at least 20 minutes was quiet time. And I think yeah. that's really, you, you, if, if the kids get used to daily prayer and daily downtime, that, that you're quiet, you're not yeah. messing around, I think that's easy, e- more easily extended to an hour. It's not going to be perfect, but, but I think it, if, if you expect your kids to only be reverent for one hour a week, there's no way. But there's it's not no an way. hour. You're like active for at least 25 minutes of mass. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 30 minutes yeah. of mass. I mean, for you guys, it's like the entire time. Right. So 
But I would agree with you. You've got to get accustomed to quiet silence. Yeah. You know, um, build up those good habits. I mean, I would say my sister, my sister, my sister-in-law, they both do quiet time. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, um, you know, me and Mike would do tummy time as kids. You know, like I would just lay on Mike's stomach. <laughs> um, the uh, Mike listens. <laughs> yeah, my brother listens. Um, the um, yeah, I think I think it's important for them to see the quiet, but also. I think it's also important for them to see that their parents get something out of the quiet. Yeah. Because this is the experience that I had. Mm. So at one point, I remember exactly where I was. I was on these these awful bright orange chairs, and I was squirming and doing whatever. And eventually, during Mass, my dad said, do you want to just go outside? And I'm like, oh my, yes. <laughs> Why didn't we not do this before? Brilliant. <laughs> And so he like took me outside, like you know, genuflex or whatever, holds my hand. We go all the way outside, and I'm like, see you losers, <laughs> you know? And the door's shut, and he puts me over his knee and he gives me two swats, and he said, and they weren't hard swats, it was right. just like pay attention. And he said, quote, um, if you don't ever make me leave mass again. Wow. Don't ever make me leave mass again. Huh. Um uh, you don't want to go outside, yeah. Because this is what happens when we go outside, yeah. So, do you want to go back in church and and pay attention, or do you want to stay outside? I'm like, yeah. put it like that. <laughs> I want to go back inside, right? right? But what it enabled me to see was it's not about me at mass. It's actually about them, right? This is actually my parents' time for them to get something out of it. We often think that uh, mass is we got to make sure our kids are like coming alive or whatever. It's like no, this is actually for mommy and daddy. Mm -hmm. We're having an adult conversation, and uh, you're going to be able to participate in it. But it's also important for you to see I'm getting something out of this, and I don't need you to be on your best behavior so that you can get something out of it. Mm. I need you to be on your best behavior so that I can get something out of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. The kids will get something out of it, but you're right. I think that's something that's still in the children is is you're pretty much you're behaving out of respect. And then there's probably at some point you're going to say, I want to receive this as much as mom and dad Yeah, do. what is it about yeah. this that they're experiencing? And that, that they're asking me to respect something that they love so much and get so much out of that, that I have to behave for them to get more out of it. When I get older, I can also get something out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, I don't know if your parents like uh, lectured at mass. My like mom's saying in the choir. If they have, right. yeah. But then, if they were doing a ministry, mm. you needed to be on your best behavior yeah. because they were going to be away. Yeah. And if while they were reading or while they were singing, you were screwing around, they were going to come at you and be like, "Look, you're inhibiting me from actually being able to do what what the church needs me to do." Yeah. Um. So my parents read, they, they lectured, and they uh, Eucharistic ministered hmm, together. Wow. And I think that was, that was important yeah. um, in, in my time. So I would say the, the, discipline, the discipline just has to be directing them towards, this is a good. Yeah. It's not a punishment. We're not here because we're sad. Right. We're here because we actually love God. Yeah. And I love God, yeah. and I want to. I want to grow closer to Him. And when you don't want to do that, that hurt. That hurts me. Yeah, interesting. I never thought of it that way. That that really is beautiful because it is. You, you are 
you know, we hear so often that, and it's true, that when you go, if you're taking care of your kids, you're corralling your kids, you're disciplining your kids the entire time, that becomes the prayer. And it's true, but the, the, the Mass and the liturgy are still goods in themselves that you need to be able to be perceiving, listening to, paying attention to, participating in, in a very, very real way. And so the children's behavior is allowing them to participate as much as they can at whatever age or whatever right. discipline level they are. And, th- and th- that's actually another thing is that, I mean, it's hard. I, I like the fact that when I did ask, I asked my ladies guild one time, hey, if we did a podcast on children behaving in church, um, what what would you want? Like, what would you want to hear? What would you want to ask questions about? And And one of them said, they all sat there in like silence. And then one of the moms just said, the one thing I will ask you is do not have a mom on. Because she yeah. said her her perception, the way she does, the it. way she does it is me so different than the other moms. And we want to hear from you, the guy who's up on the altar. Right. We want to hear what you say because we have our own ideas. Of course, we want to hear what you say, and not what's what one mom or dad does. We'd rather hear your perspective. Sure. Which is honestly very different. You and I are going to have very different perceptions of children in the church. Right. So we've covered we've covered you know what does the discipline look like you know. And I mean, it doesn't have to be corporate. You can just tell them, like, I want to be at Mass, and I want you to be at Mass, and ultimately, I'm going to be at this Mass. Yeah. So if, even if you were at, like, a Bronco game, or you were at, I don't know, a movie, it's like, you're making, you're missing out on the movie yeah. or the Bronco game, but I'm missing out on it, yeah. too. And I like this, yeah. and you'll actually like it, too. Yeah. Um, so um, you're educating them in the good, if you take an active part in the liturgy, um, even if you sing, even if you sing the hymns that are, are going on, the chants right. that are going on, your kids are noticing that you're engaged. Yeah. If it's just about sitting there ramrod stiff yeah. for you know an hour, yeah. that's going to be really hard that's for true. them and for you. Good call. So, I mean, they want to see, like, what's the movement, what's the activity? Yep. But yep. then, okay, here's the major question, right? What is too much? Yep. What is too much? That is the major question. That's the major question, okay? Kids are going to be asking it when they're 15, 16, 18, 25 years old. How far is too far? Just in different (laughs) ways, okay? So what I would say is this, and this is as a celebrant. Yeah. One, we love kids at Mass. Yep. It means that a family is engaged in uh, the liturgy, and they're making the sacrifice and I think it is a real sacrifice. I don't want to say a supreme sacrifice, but I think it is a prophetic sacrifice in the midst of their community of friends, their community of coworkers, whatever. What'd you do this weekend? Well, we went to Mass. Yeah. You know? And maybe you don't tell them that, but they're like, oh, yeah, we had a great day. We went to brunch. We went for a hike, whatever. It's like, well, we went for a hike, but we did Mass. Mm-hmm. And that is a sacrifice. Yeah. Because other people are going to say, well, we had the whole day. We slept in. Kids were, you know, we got drunk on Saturday, blah, blah, blah. We got real tipsy. It's just like, it, you're, you're making a sacrifice, yeah. and God bless you for it. Yeah. So kids at Mass is not a bad thing. Correct. It means the families at Mass. Um, kids are going to go over the line. Mm-hmm. I did it. You did it. I did it, yep. Um, the parents probably did it. Like, it's, you're not going to have a perfect game at any Mass, Right. Because at every single Mass, you're going to have kids that have either gotten too much sleep, not enough sleep, too much sugar, not enough sugar. Um, they are running a fever, 
they uh, got upset because somebody took their whatever. Like, there's all different factors into it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're a bad parent because your kids are going crazy. Right. It's that this is when I would say when you can no longer, when you as a parent, when others as kind of co-spectators or the celebrant or preacher can no longer focus on the message that is being uh, yeah. administered. Yeah. So this is, this is the example I would say. I believe firmly that in homiletics, at some point, you should have a recording of yep. kids screaming at mass. Yep. And then while somebody's in the midst of this great homily that they've worked on and you know, practice, and you know, they're just giving all of these points and it flows so well, just like put some in and be like, <laughs> I don't want it! Ah! You know, and just play it. Right. As loud as you can. Yep. And it's got to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Because normally it's just like, <laughs> little little magpies. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's just like, <laughs> Johnny's touching me. Why did you do this? You know? And, um, you know, whether it's little kids, whether it's like, you know, toddlers or like babies, yeah. you know, you can tell the difference between cries between two-year-olds and yeah. like a six-month-old or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. You know? So all of these things are going to happen. Little, I don't know. It's like seismic activity. Yeah. At some point, it's just like, well, okay, yeah, that was a little tremor. I'm still, I'm still able to preach. I know that people are still engaged. And I know that you're struggling to hear, but uh, I can tell that you're still, you still get something. Yeah. There's a little girl, God bless her, at my daily mass, okay. and she, she's the only one under uh, six months, or okay. not six months, under, gosh, she's probably a year and a half now. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, some days are great. Some days she's quiet. Some days, no problem. And other days, she's not. And I can tell when mom is engaged. Yeah. And still there. And then today, it was like, we're on it. It's a good message, you know, riding it. And then all of a sudden, like, meltdown, she's in the back. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, good job. Like, good for you to actually acknowledge, I, 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 I gave it my best shot. Yeah. And I would say, hold out longer than you think you need yeah. to. But when it's time, it's, you know, mutual assured destruction. Yeah. We're both out of there. Yeah. I, my, my question, and again, please, listener land, take this as from a celibate and the celebrant, but my question is... Where do babies come from? Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later We have on. to do this later. <laughs> um, but, uh, but my question is, is, like, sometimes if a kid is just having an absolute meltdown mm-hmm. and, and they're not being taken out, um, I, the question is, 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 does the parent know... Like, are they aware of the amount of distraction that the child is causing to the congregation or not? And I want to say they don't, because I, I want to say this is this is this their normal life. Like, this happens at home all day long, and parents, of course, get used to that. They get used yeah. to what happens. And so, if that's happening in the church, are, are yeah. they are they aware or not? And so, you know, you you want to just say common sense says. When, when what you said, when, when, the, when the kid becomes a distraction, because that's what kids do. Every child does it all the, you know, almost every day. When, at what point do you bring them out? And 
you would think that there's in a sense common sense. Common sense is different from for all of us. But do parents perceive? Because like there's there was one time when uh, like I said earlier, this kid had a wooden train and was banging it on the puge. And I turned around to do a blessing, and I can see everybody, like 90% of the congregation, is looking over at the kid, and the parents are just looking at me. Blah, you know? blah. And I, I can't tell if, do they know that the whole church is looking at them? Yeah. And, and, and what do you say? Because I do know, I've heard parents say that, that, in other words, father said, sit in the front, and father said, do, it does not matter what the kid does, you're here. And so they just, they, that as like a matter of... sure ideology they'll sit there and and not do anything and i go like i get that if that's what they perceive father said but you know how this that's why i'm surprised you brought this up i mean i like it i like talking about it but it is such a controversial thing and every kid is different every parent is different so it's really hard to give guidelines right so then i would say okay every boxer who's in the ring has taken a number of shots right they don't know if they're good or not. They're always going to say, I'm good. Yeah. I can keep going. Yeah. It's the ring that's got to be able to say, no, you're not. You got to go. Hmm. You know? Right. And that's where authentic Christian community comes in. Yeah. Because sometimes we form these sort of hodgepodge um, affiliations where we're the third row people. Right. We're the third row people, and we sit in the third row and people know that we sit there, and we kind of know them. We sort of half-heartedly smile at them. Oh, good to see you again, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the sign of peace. But we don't know their name. Yeah. We don't know their story. We don't know anything about them. And inside, quite possibly, that person is seething. Yeah. Because they're saying to themselves, why does that person keep their kid in mass longer than yeah. they should? And I think, and I know that parents are not going to like to hear this, Priests don't get it often. Parents probably get too much of it. Okay. But feedback. Yeah. And just, you sit in the same pew, you sit around the same people, just say to them, I think, you know, can we have a sign? Yeah. You know, can we have a little gang sign? Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, a safe word? Right. Chuck wagon? <laughs> like, at some point when it's just like, it's, it's going ballistic. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then that's where like you're you're doing your best, and and I love the fact that some people smile at them and give them encouragement yeah. and say whatever. But I also don't think it's completely just or honest right. to allow certain things to continue because there is the guise of um, we're we're just happy you're here. Yeah. We are, yeah, absolutely, we are happy that you're here. But at times, it's detracting for the rest of the person, right. the person's encountering the Lord. Right. And that's where I think you just say, I'm taking one for the team. No offense, no problem. We're, we're going to go to the cry room, and we're going to do the best that we can yeah. back there. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important for parents, if you hear this, and if you, if, you, if you do have, again, every child is different, every child is different, but if you have overactive kids and kids that are, are generally more active, screaming more than other kids, if you can ask people you trust, because I mean, yeah. it can be so harmful to have, like, right. if you're listening and you think, well, I'm going to go tell this person, like, that can, oh, that just does too much damage. I would, I would say rarely should you approach someone who you don't know, love, and trust Agreed. and say, can I, can I tell you when to go back? But if you're a parent exactly. and you think that your children are, are more active, then you ask somebody, hey, can you be a second mindset as far as, is it time to take the kid out or not? Yeah. Or just give them feedback like, hey, today, was, was it too loud? 
Right, exactly. Like, was it yeah. too loud? Like, and if they're like, no, honestly, like, it just, you know, there was like one moment, but you handled yeah. it well. Like, that's encouraging. But every, all these parents think that they're horrible people. Right. They think, oh my gosh, nobody wants to see my kid. Nobody wants to, nobody said that. Right. Nobody said anything about that. It's just, we're, it's a collective. Yeah. It's a collective that we're, we formed yeah. around the liturgy. And in some sense, we kind of need the common good yeah. uh, to be uh, attended to, as well as the individual good. Yeah. I and, wonder... Yeah. And I would just say that at times, the parents are just like, well, I'm not going to listen to anybody tell me how to discipline my child. And right. it's just like, then, you're, then you are saying that I know what's best in all circumstances. Right. And I would say the norm is that is true. But in this situation in which we're talking about multiple persons' experiences, yeah. it's not just about that. Yeah. And I asked, somebody, I asked somebody this question, and maybe I've mentioned it before, so forgive me. But I, I asked baby boomers, mm-hmm. people who were uh, in the, the time after World War II, mm-hmm. or parents who had kids during World War II. Right. One of the mo- most prolific explosions of population in the history of the world. Hmm. Once they got back, yeah. they got busy. Yeah. Like a homely girl on her honeymoon, busy. Okay? <laughs> They're on it. Right. There's kids everywhere. Everybody's got one, two, three, four kids in the span of five, six, seven years. Yeah. I said, what was that like? Mm-hmm. What was the church like back then? Yeah. And they said, mothers went, fathers went with the older kids in the morning, mm. mothers went with the older, with the younger kids later. And then uh, that way they could kind of rotate. Given today's culture, I would say that's not happening yeah. because um, it's hard enough to get to mass yeah. by yourself. Yeah. If you're married, it's going to be a little more difficult. You have kids, all the more difficult. Yeah. And so they need to find a time that works for them. Yeah. So I think that it's important to see that at times you have to sacrifice the good of, this is going to be a great mass experience. Right. You may not get much out of it right. for five years, right. maybe more. That's where I would say you just take the YouTube videos of the homilies and you try to get something out of them on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. But you're not going to be able to be as attentive yeah. you know, beforehand. You may have to do a, a, a communion meditation later and build it into your day. You may have to prepare for communion before Mass. And you may have to find different opportunities, but it's not going to be the same, same thing. Yeah. Many of the people that complain are there, and they have no excuse. Right. Like, they're sitting in the cry room and getting upset that... Kids are getting upset, um, or they are—they have no kids, they have no responsibilities, and they're near four rows, four rows from the back, yeah. and they're like, "What are these kids doing back here?" And yeah. It's just like, "What is your deal?" Yeah. That's why I think a good general rule is just first of all, keep an eye on yourself. In other words, it like don't keep an eye on what you're doing. So, parents, if you have very active and loud children, before. Before checking and seeing if other people are looking at you and judging you, just say, you know, at what point do I need to say, is my kid being a distraction to others and to myself? 
and 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 err on the side of taking them out. I I do like what you said earlier. You know, push it a little bit. Wait a little longer. Wait right. a little longer, but also make sure that you are doing it. But when it's time, when it's, when time, it's time, you it, go. Yeah. You, you don't you don't negotiate with terrorists. Right, right. You, you let them push. Yeah. You let them push, and then you send in the SWAT yeah. team. And if, literally the SWAT <laughs> team. Like I think I think it's actually helpful. Yeah. I know this there's is another different, controversial topic. There's different yeah. views on it. There's different views on it, but I would just say, like, there is a way in which you can communicate to your child certain behaviors mm-hmm. are out of bounds. And when you just try, mm, honey, that's not the time for that. No, no, don't do that. I'm like, I'm listening to this. I'm trying to preach a homily and I'm listening to you negotiate with them. Have the flipping conversation at home. Then when you get to mass, have expectations. If they're followed, yeah. great. Yeah. If not, send the SWAT team. Yep. Montessori will tell you, absolutely have expectations that you stand very strong with. I have absolutely had liturgies where the parent trying to reason with their child is a million times more annoying than the child. Oh, gosh. Just you, you can hear them trying to talk, and the kid is not listening, and they're trying to reason there. Anyway, I know, I know that, that that's an appropriate methodology, but Montessori will say, my, I mean, our Montessori teacher says she's absolutely against swatting the kid, but she sure. is she is totally pro expectations being met, met, and you Fine. do not bend those expectations. I'm not yeah. saying SWAT team in terms of spanking every single yeah. time, but I would say there is a, a, a healthy dose of this is where you've gone beyond. Yeah, you know the expectations. And we're going to have a conversation about this and possibly even like bring in punishment. My mom spanked us and I'm glad she did. I mean, absolutely. It it just, as I get older, it made sense. Someday I'm going to go to Dr. Dobson down in Colorado Springs. You focus on the family and I'm going to say to him, it's because of you that I was spanked as a child. Oh, thank you. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I wouldn't, I mean, I was that, and I can't, I can't count on one hand the number of times I was spanked. It didn't happen all the time. Really? Okay. But my goodness, we have like this whole fetish around like talking with these kids like they're reasoned beings. I'm like, St. Augustine would say, so small a child, so great a sinner. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. And, the, and then sometimes like I see some of these parents, like there's one guy and his wife, they're from uh, Chicago land. They sit in the second row. Um, <laughs> they and, listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't think they. I don't think they listen okay. to the podcast. But um, I see them after mass, and I'm like, "How how's everything going?" And they're like, "We lost out on the donuts today, Father." Oh, and I look at the nice. boys. I'm like, "Hey guys, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, you know, thanks for coming to mass. Yeah, better luck next time. Absolutely, you know." And I'm not saying, oh, what a mean dad. Yeah. Why didn't you talk to them and form expectations? I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being a grown man. And yeah. his wife is right there with him. Yeah. Like, I look at her sometimes, and I, I like, sit up at mass. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I got to pay attention because, like, she's, like, you know, like, with it. But um, I would just say you have to have the conversation with other people. Yeah, I and, like that idea. And I would say other people with parents – other, excuse me, other people with children, other people uh, without children, but who have had children. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know these people yeah. in, that sit in your section. They're going to be in your corner. Yeah. They like the fact that you're at Mass. Yeah. You have the future of the church yep. sitting with you. God bless you for it. As priests, I want to reiterate, 
we're very happy to have kids at mass. Mm-hmm. And even if, like, at times they get rowdy, I still don't say, you know, like, oh, my gosh, what a horrible mass. Right. I'm like, I need to be better. Yeah. I need to focus on my points more so that I can continue to deliver the message even when there's kind of these yeah. distractions. Yeah. So I, I think the, the other side of what I was saying earlier, the preferential option for children. In other words, we prefer... We prefer the children and their, however they're behaving, over grumpy adults who are trying to pay attention to every word. Yes. And, and that's important to say. So, in other words, like I've, I said, I think a, over a year ago at the summer conference, uh, mass and liturgy are not the time for your private personal prayer. Amen. Get that at home in a controlled atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You can spend six and a half days a week in a controlled atmosphere Amen. where you can pray to Jesus and listen to him in, in whatever way you want. Sunday is not that day. Sunday is for community. Sunday is for noisy and smelly and rough and rowdy and the, the real world all gathered for mass. You do not expect to hear every word and to have your personal controlled mass experience on a Sunday. It's not going to happen, and it shouldn't happen. Even at any mass, if you go to daily mass or daily liturgy, it's not going to happen. You have plenty of time in the rest of your day to get that in. Uh, second of all, no. if, if you are one of the people who are judging the kids, in other words, uh, the same thing with the parents. Look at yourself first. Before looking at who's judging you, look at yourself and the same thing if, if you're doing the judging or if you're doing the perceiving. In other words, look at yourself and say, let me have the challenge of enduring this a little bit better. Let me, in other words, say, if I keep an eye on myself, I'm going to make sure that I'm the one who is fighting the good fight to actually pay attention as best I can and to pray as best I can, even with the noise. And secondly, we had that experience in my parish, and it was absolutely beautiful. We had one family, and I, the, it was a young couple with, with multiple beautiful children, and, and the, those children were just very noisy, more than usual. And two other moms came up to me and said, Father, can I approach them and ask them if we can help? And I said, absolutely. So they went to them. It changed immensely. Right. These two other moms yeah. not only helping but saying, I think that's what they do. They give them that signal. That now, now this this mom of the little girls lo- looks at these other two women, and and they say it's at that point, and she nods and smiles and and takes the one out, the screaming, and it is, is what you recommended, which I didn't really process. That's how good this was, but having community, it's the same thing with like modesty. It's the same thing with behavior. We need community. We need people speaking into every aspect of our life and people that we love and have close to us that can share their thoughts with us. And then we process them. But if you have multiple people, I mean, we just, it's all about community. It really is. Well, and I would, I would say the same thing to somebody who the people who need community are also the people who are grumpy and frustrated and complaining and bitter and kind of harsh with them. Um, and they need persons to just say, Tim, you picked the wrong section to sit in. <laughs> right. Like, I know it's your section, but you need to settle down. Right. You know? And, and, you know, somebody else can get away with saying that. Yeah. If the dad, you know, comes in front of his wife and just says, you know, how dare you talk to my family that way? You can piss off. It's just like, yeah. well, that's a great, you know, wonderful communal, like, event that yeah. we've had at St. Joan of Arc. But... I think that somebody else could say to them at Donuts, I think you're being kind of ridiculous. Right. You know? Yep. Um, so I, I like the idea of offering to help. Yeah. Like, and, and just saying, because, you know, my dad was, for a time, was a single parent, 
and he had uh, three kids, and we were just squirrely and wild, and we sat in between Judy Powell and Sandy Nicholson, hmm. and I would crawl from Sandy Nicholson's lap hmm. to Judy's, yeah, exactly. and I picked who I wanted to sit with. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's helpful for them to have other people at Mass who are they're familiar with, yeah. so that it's not just, oh my gosh, I'm in it all by myself. Yeah. Introduce yourself to different people, yep. and more likely than not, they're going to say, oh, do you mind if I sit next to you? Oh, hello, Mr. Johnson. Like, very nice to see you. Yes, it would be nice for you to sit with our kids today. Yeah. Like, that's church. Yep. Instead of, we're all at a movie theater, right. and I don't know you, and right. you have your experience and I have mine. Yep, exactly. So, very true. Very, very um, true. I don't. I really don't think of anything else. Um, I, you know, I do. I guess one last thing is I. Oh, I do have one more thing. There, there are kids that I think a lot of times that people who judge the way that parents are dealing with their kids, they what they're saying is, is I would do something different than you would, and I would have different results if I was that kid's parent. I would do something that you are not doing, sure. and, and and it would work. That's the kind of what the judgment is, is my kids, if that was my kid, they'd be better behaved. And I think that that is a, that's a judgment that you want to be very careful with because kids are different. I have one kid that comes, um, he's autistic and this poor dad tried, was trying everything to get this kid to pay attention, not to scream. And then he bought him a yarn, a, a sensor made out of yarn. And this kid, whenever I'm sensing, he's got it out. And he's standing in the middle aisle, and he's sensing, like the same thing I am. And if I'm holding the hand cross, he's holding his hand cross. The kid is immensely more behaved, but they sit in the front. And and his dad said to this kid, look, there's a structure and an order with what's happening up there. There's a way that the movement happens. And so, in other words, we're going to let you engage with that and participate with that. And so if I'm incensing, the kid's incensing me with his little yarn sensor. And it's it's like his – it's really beautiful to watch – like the kid be so engaged. Um, Anyway, that that was a a random thought. But anyway, what was your thought? Um, Well, the last thing is – I've had parents have their kids come up and apologize to me after yeah. mass if they're too rowdy. Yeah. Um, and I, I appreciate that. I'm not asking for that. Yeah. But I always say to them, I forgive you. Thank you for coming to mass. Yeah. Like, I love you. Yeah. And I don't want them to, like, dwell on that. Maybe they lost their donut, yeah. whatever. But, like, I don't want them to associate, like, their poor behavior with their acceptance as a child of God. Absolutely. And there's a particular kid, uh, well, two of them, Jack and Finley. Mm. Um, So shout out to the Heatons and to the Hellers. Um, And they have their kid come up to me and, you know, say they're sorry. And I, they know I love them. Yeah. Like they know that like Jack has a lot of energy and I love that about him. And he likes WrestleMania and he likes to, you know, lay the lay the wood mm. on, you know, wiffle ball. <laughs> and he likes to get rowdy, and that's cool. And Jack, or I mean, uh, uh, Finley, just wants to give me that sideways glance and just do whatever mm. he wants. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. But it's really up to the parents to discern, like, when has it gone over the line? Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful event of you can say you're sorry, and you're still received as a person. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to be where every single week there's a line of penitents, you know, <laughs> saying whatever. But, like, if they get into a habit 
where they're able to say, you know, that was that was a little too rough. That was yeah. a little too wild. That was a little too loud. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, for them to hear, you know, mommy or daddy say, I forgive you, uh, I love you, and, you know, you're always welcome back yeah. in Mass. Like, yeah. that way it's not like, you know, a, a bigger deal than it needs to be. Yeah, because I don't want to be the bad guy as the priest either, that the punishment is to have to go apologize to me. Exactly. Because then they won't want to approach me other sure. times. So that, I think that's... Right. So that, that as long as the parents say this, you, they don't. The only time they talk to you is not when they're being punished, because then right. I'm the bad guy. Exactly. Um, but also to be very gentle and loving when the, the response is. Finley flat out problem. told me uh, a week ago, I don't want to talk to you. Like at mass, he goes. They said, "Do you want to go say hello to Father Nathan?" He's like, "No, I don't want to talk to him." And then they went and talked to me, and he didn't like it. I said, "Finley, I like your shirt," and he was like, Aah. "And I was like, okay, I tried." Yeah. So, anyways, so, love kids at mass. Yeah. Absolutely. Love parents at mass. Love yep. families at mass. Please do not throw a temper tantrum on this and just make it into a bigger deal than it yeah. needs to be. Yeah. Like, you're going to make mistakes. Priests are going to make mistakes. Yeah. Other parishioners are going to make mistakes. We're all learning together. But I just hope that this kind of helps the conversation along a little yeah. bit. So I, I almost want to do a summary of what we said at the end because I, I feel like I was kind of over Find community. I'm just, I'm just like saying what, like, so that sure. we, so it wasn't just all over the place. Find good community that can speak into the way yep. you're judging or the way that your kids are behaving. Um, I would recommend give your kids quiet time every single day so they get used to, on a daily basis, being calm and reverent. Um, sit closer to the front. Sit closer to the front so they can observe. Understand that, that kids are very different from each other. And, and just because you think that you would be able to con- keep a kid controlled better than the parent, that is not always the case. Kids sometimes are just insane. And, and and very rowdy and ADD and and you know might have a you know various personality traits or disorders that keep them behaving certain ways. Right. You just don't know, so so don't judge too harshly. Um, you know, understand if you if you are one of the ones who judges, find your peace other times during the week. Sure. You know, make sure that you're praying and getting into your controlled atmosphere then, so you don't need it on Sundays. Do bring your kids to church. Make sure they're in the main church. I'm a, I, I don't like cry rooms at all, but I do understand there needs to be spaces for parents when the kid is really having yeah. a hard time where they can take them and still hear what's going on. Don't expect, if you're a parent, to get the full experience of the Mass or the liturgy on a Sunday, when you're, especially when your kids are young. Help out others if you can. Offer to help. If you're a parent, ask um, for feedback from others within the people that sit near you, the people that you trust, the people you like, you know. And then, uh, you know, I also think it's important... Have to s- expectations. Exactly. Have expectations. And follow passed. through. Yeah, follow through. Follow through with expectations. If and also... Discipline. And if you, if you have a priest, I know some priests don't accept this, but, but you know, priests appreciate feedback, too, on their homilies. I mean, I think that's important to say. Parents, sure. we, need fee- we need people to speak into the, our parenting. We also need people to speak into our ministering and the way we celebrate the Mass. Uh, and, I mean, some priests will not be open to that. I totally get that. Some priests are open to it in certain ways, but, but you know... I don't care. Still tell them. Yeah, exactly. Still tell them. Give, give your priest feedback on his homily, on his way of celebrating, and do it in a gentle, loving way, and, you know, make sure you have a relationship with the guy, too, you know, so you can do that. But we all need that community. We all need that feedback, even the priests. Yeah, and some priests are going to be different, but I think the overall theme is that it's better to have your kids at Mass. Absolutely. Wild. Yep. And, and like, you're barely holding on yep. than to say, screw it. We're just yep. going to stay at home. They can watch cartoons. I'll read the paper. Yep. Maybe I'll do a spiritual journal or whatever. Yeah. That's from the devil. Yep. That's the easy way out. 
That's what most of your friends are choosing. They go to Starbucks, they read like a little Bible verse every day, and then they don't suffer through the difficulty of you know having their kids at the liturgy and bringing your bringing your kids your your crazy kids to church is allowing Christ to save your soul. I mean, this is a and sal- theirs. exactly a and salvific theirs. act and you are right. doing well and good and yeah. and by doing that. Absolutely. So I'm just trying to think of all the kids at mass to the hellers, to the heathens, to the phips, to the gosh, who else has kids at mass? Think of all of them. I need to do a quick apology. I tried. I gave a shout out the other day. I think I was recording with Mikey or with John, and I forgot one of my Wednesday night girls. So shout out to Pauline. <laughs> I named them like all. Oh. That's why I'm like I'm not going to even try to name the families of my parish. Shout out to Pauline as well. Oh, Sorry, and to the Pauline. Marvels. It was just a last. Yep, <laughs> Corey and Jordan, and to their families. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I salute all these parents who are making this. Oh, yeah. who are making this effort. Um, but uh, we got to do it together. So. Final shout out to uh, Luke and Riley Malone. Um, they uh, they're in uh, St. Joseph's, and they sent me a great picture of them getting ready for Mass Day uh, at Catholic school. And um, a couple, I think it was last Thanksgiving or whatever, we watched some show about um, having they make swords in forges or whatever, and then the guy is like, sia, 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 sia. "This blade will kill." So um, uh, I just want to. They were they were the family that was had their kids in the front row at mass at Saint Elizabeth and Seton when I was a deacon, nice. and you could tell that they had boundaries, they had discipline, but they they rewarded them well yeah. after mass. So. And if you're if you if you go to a Byzantine parish, since we don't have a podium that we preach behind like in the Roman, like most time in the Roman mass, um, I have actually helped held the children during the homily. Huh. That that should not always be recommended. Most priests will not want to do that, but I, I have know. held children during the homily to, <laughs> to keep them calm while I'm talking. That'd my, be fun. Uh, my deep, melodious voice, I guess. So I want to give a shout out to um, Annie and Chuck Fulkerson from the Salt and Light podcast. Um, they came to Denver, yeah. and uh, I went out to dinner with them. Did you know that the new Gaylord Conference Center out by the airport in Denver has the largest TV in the sports bar. Largest the, TV? Largest TV in a sports oh, bar. Well, it's it's not it? the largest sports bar, largest TV. It's just, it's it's like, probably like 15 or 20 massive TVs in a row, but all Whoa. the pixels combined, so they can turn them into like, what? either you can have 50 TVs or just one big one. What? So it's huge. You'd have to go out there. I'd love that. Yeah, so that's cool. So anyway, they came into town, and uh, they're two little ones, and we went out to dinner and uh, had burgers, and it was good at the uh, the sports bar at the Gaylord, which actually their oldest boy told me when he saw me the next day, he said that the food was not great. So the Yelp review from a uh, probably yeah. 10-year-old <laughs> sports bar that the food wasn't great. But I think he ordered off the kids' menu, so his mom said, True. maybe you should have ordered off the adult menu. All right, folks, go to Mass. Bring Catholic, your kids. Bring your kids. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Um, oh, uh, Twitter. I don't know. What are we on? I need to look it up. Um, sorry, I should have asked this earlier. Uh, Leah Darrow We're and I are doing a podcast. Are doing a, uh, not podcast, are doing a, a pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, thank you. A pilgrimage to, to Italy, Italy in 2020. 2020. June 2020. Uh, we're calling it the Beauty and the Priest Pilgrimage, which I think is hilarious. We're not really calling it that, but um, we are doing a pilgrimage to Italy in 2020, June 2020, first two weeks, and you can find it at Select International on their website, and you can sign up for the pilgrimage. Please do. We'd love to have you. 
There you go. <laughs> Are you jealous? No, we're doing we're doing a we're doing a Holy Land pilgrimage. Father Matt Book and myself. No there one's invited. We already sold out. It's uh, <laughs> our parishes. Uh, no kids, <laughs> and uh, it'll be awesome. Is there really no kids? Yeah, and there's no kids on it. Oh, I mean, just because I mean it's whatever. That's the way it turned out. Three thousand dollars per person, yeah. or whatever. They're not going to take okay. their kids. So, thanks again, folks. Um, we will see you next week. Cheers.